The upper Midwest is often considered a flyover or pass-through area of the country, although the United States Census claims that about 68 million people call this area home. The vast openness and low population can bring comfort to some and hell to others. 48% of homicides in the Midwest go unsolved. I'm Christy. I'm Serena. And, and this, this is Little, Little Crimes on the Prairie. Welcome to Little Crimes on the Prairie. We're doing a Little Prairie Tales episode. Hi, Serena. Hi. How's it going? It's going. We're tired. We're tired? We're tired. Are we? We as in me, yes. (laughs) Well, are you excited for the listeners' submitted stories? Yeah, super excited to hear or read, I guess, what they have, their (laughs) stories, uh, what they have to say. Because we all got some creepy stories that we'd like to share. (laughs) And it's not always the time or the place. Right, yeah. And these episodes will be a little bit more relaxed, um, so you'll notice maybe a little bit more swearing, and possibly we'll just do less editing if we mess up. So, I guess, buckle up. This one first? Yeah. Okay. This is a story from Anna, and it's called My Sister the Harasser. She writes, Hey there, fellow children of the corn. I really like your show. It's nice to hear someone talking about cases in the Midwest, so thanks. I saw your Facebook post about the psychic you're going to interview, and I thought I would send you the story about my experience with a psychic. I changed a few details. I don't want people to think I'm crazy or something. Uh, My sister April and I were always close. She was older than me by a few years, but we were best friends and did everything together. We had the best inside jokes. We were always making references with one-liners that we knew referenced a certain joke. It was frustrating for our mutual friends, but hilarious for us. One of our inside jokes was about cow tipping. While we mostly grew up in the Midwest, we weren't born here. We moved here when I was eight and April was 10 from San Diego. So there were certain aspects about the Midwest we were fascinated with, like cow tipping. <laughs> I have uh, never. I, don't, I can't say I've ever even touched a cow. I no. It sounds I, like animal abuse to me. I mean, can they get back up when you tip them over? Yeah, they can. They as far as I know, they can. They, Are just, they just stuck there. As far as I know, they're fine. But I've never actually tipped one over. I don't know. I mean, I guess you, you could maybe tip a baby one over. <laughs> Take that, baby. (laughs) It's like child cow abuse. Okay. It all started at a party at the house of a friend who lived in the country. We had all been drinking a little because teenagers. We had only had enough vodka for a few weak drinks each. And you can only water down your parents' bottles so much. Our slight buzz decided that going out to see the cows was necessary. For some... (laughs) I'm struggling. You're not broken. I... I feel broken. (laughs) I feel like... I'll get some tape. Okay. Our slight buzz decided that going out to see the cows was necessary for some reason. It was our friend Dave's house, and he said he'd take us out to see them. We stood by the fence. It was dark, and the cows were black. So pretty amazing, am I right? April turns to Dave and asks, so can we tip one? Dave looked at her and laughed as he shook his head. You can try. 
Long story short, she chased some cows around and after about 10 minutes realized cow tipping isn't her sport. Walking back to the house, cow shit all over the bottom of her pants and shoes. Sorry, mom. After about an hour of chatting outside, we headed home. The smell was, well, you know, it was so bad and we giggled all the way home, convinced the cows knew we were from California. My worst nightmare came to life when my beautiful, unique, kind, and hilarious sister was killed in a car accident. I can't describe the way it broke me knowing she would never get to meet her niece, who I had just found out I was carrying. Aww. My sister was gone. Oh, That's sad. <laughs> I know. I'm like, that breaks my heart. I personally don't know what it's like to have siblings, but I can imagine that losing one would be almost the worst thing you could go through, especially one that you're close with. Yeah, I would die if, if one of my siblings died i would also die i would also die Poor and join Linda. them on the other side she's just gonna lose all four kids at yeah, once yeah or is it four <clears throat> yeah there's oh. there's four but um like it would probably just be me and the other one <laughs> like <laughs> like the other ones aren't like that dedicated yeah. they don't the other two are like okay they're whatever. like yeah uh that escalated anyways it wasn't long before I left my daughter's father and moved an hour away. I was working as a bartender, and one night the crowd was headed for an after party. They told me to stop by, but I had no intention of doing that. I cleaned up the bar, and for some reason, I changed my mind. I drove to the party, and it was lit. I was having a great time, and honestly, it had been a while. I was standing in the kitchen, and this guy walked in. He stared at me like a fucking weirdo. It felt <laughs> weird, and I wanted to leave, but for some reason, I didn't. I just pretended I didn't notice and I continued my conversation with one of the regular with one of the bar regulars. All of the eternities later, he said, "So is your name Anne?" And I gave him a dirty look and didn't answer. He asked again and asked if I had a sister. I was done with his shit and was about to leave. I didn't want to fight with someone and then he said, "Can you please tell me why she is showing me cows tipping over? It's been going on since before you got here." I just stared at him stupidly. What? I asked, but I heard him. He asked if my name was Anne. I told him it was Anna. He asked me a few more questions, and then I asked him, how do you know this? How do you know me? He said, my name is Chris, and your sister is harassing me. He laughed a bit and told me my sister has been bugging him since before he even came to my bar. He's psychic. We talked for hours and exchanged numbers. We've been great friends since. He's a part of the family. And had a big part in helping raise my daughter. I 100% believe in psychic abilities and my sister's spirit harassing him into my life. That's my story. Hope you like it. Anna. Oh, Anna, that was great. I got chills when I got chills about all that. Are they multiplying? They multiplied quite a bit. <laughs> um, they have divided. At this point, they're divided, but they... they yeah, did. I find that insane. Like, we're talking about earlier with I haven't personally had experiences with psychics but I think that anything can happen anything is possible yeah I, I mean, mean I'm not gonna discredit and like that's just insane how would he know that right? how would he know about the cow tipping if he wasn't psychic yeah yeah I mean it's not just something that like everyone's sister knows about you yeah. know or I mean or you know that that everyone's dead relative would bring up like you know, it's it's there, very it's very specific. It just shows me that there is probably a purpose for um, Chris being in your life. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And glad, glad you found a friend and yeah, glad your sister found some comfort after losing your sister. Yeah. Glad your sister is a harasser. I wish I would have been able to meet her. Um, I guarantee you, Christy, that you are going to be a harasser when. Oh yeah. Whenever you may go. Oh yeah. I mean, shit's going down. It, the minute the minute I cross over, I'm gonna be like, oh, buckle up, bitches. back bitches. Yeah, yeah. I never even went anywhere. It's me. And <laughs> here I am. I, I'll just be. I'll just be telling you stories from from beyond the veil. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is a good one too. This is a good one. This is from Lisa. And this is the tale of the Fiero. And she says, after my first divorce, while I was living in California, I started dating guys in the Air Force. Well, good on you. (laughs) (laughs) Send one my way. Yeah. Meow. I worked on Travis Air Force Base for a credit union as a loan officer. I started dating a guy by the name of Rick. He had a couple of cars, but would usually pick me up driving a dark blue Pontiac Fiero. Oh, my God. Have you ever seen one of those? I can't say that I have. It is like, okay, so like in the 80s, it's what we considered a sports car. Oh. <laughs> but like, they're also, they're they're just very unique. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> I, got, I have to be able to envision this. Yeah. So she started dating Rick and he picked her up. In a dark blue Pontiac Fiero. And a couple years later... Oh, I've definitely seen those before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just never knew what they were called. We've oh, all seen one. Yeah. We have all seen one. Yeah. They're, they're, they're small. A couple of years later, after Rick and I broke up, this gorgeous airman by the name of Danny finally convinced me to go on a date. He was eight years younger than me, so no surprise why I was hesitant to go out with him. And he pulls up. In a dark blue Pontiac Fiero. No fucking way. I asked him where he bought the car, and he said that he got it from a guy by the name of Rick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sucks. <laughs> Danny and I didn't last long. Another casualty due to him leaving for an overseas assignment. So a year later, I'm out dancing, and I meet Carlos, my tall, dark, handsome Puerto Rican. Ooh la la. We leave the club, and he offers to give me a ride home. As we walk through the parking lot... (laughs) As we walk through the parking lot, I say, no fucking way, as he opens the door to a dark blue Pontiac Fiero. This can't be happening. I asked Carlos, where did you get this car? He says, oh, from I bought it. a guy it. named Danny? <laughs> he did. <laughs> I bought it from Danny, a guy that I work with. <laughs> Before he left on his, for work? <laughs> I guess. Oh, my God. I'm not Now sh- she should buy that car. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, I'm not sure what happened to the car, but Rick is on the East Coast and Danny is in Arkansas. Carlos probably went on to be a teacher somewhere. But boy, that car was a lot of fun. Oh, Lisa, that's so sweet. Like, that car is, like, uber obsessed with you. That car is meant to be in your life. (laughs) That's, that's... I wonder if it still (laughs) is around, you know, if it's uh, on the road. Yeah, that would be interesting to find out, like... That would be. You didn't happen to get the VIN number, did you, Lisa? (laughs) It would be pertinent for you to get the VIN number. (laughs) We must find it. Let's 
Let's get a hold of Danny. I would have put down an offer right there with Carlos. I'll <laughs> I'll get pay you whatever you want for it. This is meant to be my car. Yeah, I'm definitely going to need to take this car. I'm going to confiscate this car from you, Carlos. <laughs> Bring it in I'm not even really I'm not even really with you I'm really with the car <laughs> all right so you get this one yeah starting Is this at, all starting at the bottom yeah yeah okay. that, uh, yeah that one that one was sent by Jessica and Boy, she's a writer. This is this long? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. Oh I printed it out. I was like, me. I know. Jessica. She's fabulous. When we first moved to South Dakota in August 2001, we moved into this smaller white house in the town my dad grew up in. It was up for auction, and I honestly don't know much about the house or its previous owners other than it was an estate sale. We lived there for quite a few years, but almost immediately after moving in, weird things started happening to me. My room always gave me an off feeling. You know, the type that just kind of made you feel unsettled. I'd be laying in my bed and out of nowhere, my closet doors would open. I'm huge into doors needing to be shut while sleeping now. And I think it's because it would slowly creep open in that room. I'm the same way. No closets open when I sleep. There's monsters in there. (laughs) Some nights I would go to sleep and wake up to my closet and bedroom door open and everything just thrown all over my floor. All the clothes in my closet would be on the other side of the room. Everything would be off my dresser, literally thrown all over my room. I'll never forget the time I woke up in the middle of the night and my bed started to shake. I always just told myself that it was my sister being a jerk since I told her what happened, what had been happening and how uneasy the house made me feel. Years later, I found out that she had experienced things as well. I always felt like I was being watched and hated being alone in the house. If I had to be alone, every single light had to be on. There could be no dark spots, and the door to the basement, a somewhat updated dirt basement, really had to be closed. Yeah, I'm not I'm not loving all of that. Like no. I'm See, I'm I'm 25 years old and I still like rush to do my laundry. Like I run down there, throw everything in, and I <laughs> I just, basements? No. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really, it's not really about the space, I guess, as much as it is about, like, weird shit happening. I would nope to me, the hell right like, out of there. It's like there's, like, the house or the basement? All of it. Well, yeah. I would be, cl- I would be a runaway. Yeah. <laughs> I 100%. would live on the sidewalk. A hundred percent. Like I did when I was eight. I ran away. <laughs> <laughs> I ran away and I and I packed a trash bag of my clothes and then it was like it was like five o'clock in the evening and I was like, well, I better just stay here on the on the front deck area for the night and then I'll hit it really early in the morning. <laughs> like <laughs> hit the road before. Sleep. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I make was, good time. Get yeah. some coffee. Somehow my mom was like, oh, you, you're, oh, you're still here. <laughs> she played it off really. Thought cool. you were running away. Yeah, she played it off really cool. All right. I would dream about that door. I always felt like it had some weird pull, almost as if you had no choice but to go near it. But you knew doing so made you that much closer to danger. Every so often, I swear I could see something or someone peeking out at me from the door. The type of thing you would notice out of the corner of your eye. But when you'd look, nothing was there. I told myself that I was crazy at the time. But I now know that the voice I thought I heard in that house was the thing... I thought I would see. Gross. 
I don't like any of that. Not a fan. No. I've had that. I worked in a group home. I mean, we had an adult and a kid there um, that I worked overnights, and I would see things out of the corner of my eye. And every single night, I would hear three knocks on the basement door from the basement side. And if you've ever seen The Conjuring, they taught me three knocks, bad. Three of anything. Three patterns is bad. 3 a.m. That's the worst time. 3 a.m. And that that's what I'm saying. I worked overnights. I got there at, I think, 11 at night. And I would have to wake up at 3 a.m. to make the rounds, basically. And I'd go back and lay down on the couch and I'd hear the knocking again. And it, three knocks. And I'd always see things out of the corner of my eyes. So... What she's describing is completely terrifying. You're very brave for not um, abandoning your post and your clients. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would have that would have been scarier. Too. Oh, I'd have left them in the fucking dust. Oh Bye. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sorry, Sorry about your See, luck. See, I would just, I'm I'm a ignorer. I'm just going <laughs> to pretend I don't hear that. And if I pretend it's not happening, then it can't hurt me. Yeah. Not me, no. I mean, I, it never did hurt me. I'm still alive today, but I'm a little... Well, I mean, probably more scared of basements than I was when I started. I mean, you probably just got really fucking lucky. Let's just let's just face yeah, the facts. And there was no explanation for it. That's the thing. And I never <laughs> went to go check it out because, I mean, it's bad enough. I was hearing it. Um, and no one else in the house that worked overnight said that they heard that. Really? Yep. Oh, that's even more creepy. My manager was pretty much the only other person that would do overnights as often as me. And I told him, I'm like, don't you ever hear that knocking? Like, what is that? And he's like, I got no clue what you're talking about. But he slept in the staff bedroom, and I slept on the couch, so oh, maybe that was the reason that he didn't hear it. I could be. Um, but anyways, let's jump back in. Honestly, I still have nightmares about that door, and they'd be right at home in your favorite Stephen King novel. The house was old and never remodeled, so the only bathroom didn't have a shower, just a tub. So you'd have to go into the basement to use a tiny little shower stall the previous owners had put in. We had a radio down there just because, and I'd have to have it on any time I was down there because the area scared me. I had rules for myself that would I would only go down there if someone else was in the house and never shut your eyes or look away from the door. A few times after taking a shower, after I'd unplugged our radio, we unplugged it after every use because it was an old house with shitty wiring. I'd make it up the stairs and into the living room, and the music would turn back on and loud. This happened more times than I can, than I care to say, but once and only once I went down to check and make sure I'd actually unplugged it, and it played until I got right next to it, and then it stopped. Don't worry, I had actually unplugged it. Oh, God. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's uh, why you weren't living on the streets as a child, um, I'll never understand it. I would have put myself in, I mean, I would have had such a fit. I would tell my parents made me leave. <laughs> like, I would have called CPS yeah. on myself. Like they're making me live in a haunted house. <laughs> All right. I honestly felt like I bore the brunt of the activity in the house. And there would be times that I would be in the upstairs hallway only to have the little square access point in the ceiling lift, turn and come down. I would hear things that you couldn't quite make out, but you knew were there. Sometimes I'm almost positive I would hear my name. The longer we were there, the more stuff started to happen. After a while, my sister and I would wake up to laughing and classical music at 3 a.m. I'd start waking up feeling as if someone were petting my hair. Oh, Jessica, no. Oh, no, girl, no. On the streets as a child. That's where I would have been. Hard no. 
I knew deep down that some of the nightmares I'd had at the time were happening because of what was happening in that house. I would dream that I was in my room and someone resembling a woman would come into my room, sit on my bed, and start talking, and then all of a sudden she'd be sitting on my chest, choking me, ah! screaming that I wasn't doing what she needed. I would have this dream or ones very similar to it almost nightly for a while. Yeah, well, if you can't ask fucking nicely, I'm not doing anything for you, fucking no. weird ghost lady. She's, yeah, clearly a control freak. Being a stupid kid, one Halloween I was home alone and had my best friend and her brother over. He heard a huge bang from the basement and went to check it out. I begged him not to because I knew it was nothing good, but he felt like whatever it was, he could handle it. He went downstairs, was down there for 10 minutes, came back up white as a sheet and wouldn't talk to anyone or even look at anyone, walked right past us out the door and down the middle of the street. I was too terrified to go in the basement with him and I can only imagine what happened. We've asked him what the hell happened, and he still won't talk about it 10 years later. I, for one, will not go near the house or enter that house ever. Something about it just makes me terrified, even to this day. The house has changed hands a lot since we lived there and even stood empty for quite a few years. The nightmares still happen, and in, in an odd coincidence, after not having them for a while, they started back up around the same time someone bought the house with the intent to fix it up and flip it. They tore down walls, moved things around, and then all of a sudden stopped. I'm sure it was because they ran out of money or realized fixing up a 100-year-old house was too much, but something in the back of my mind says it's because that shit started going bad for them, too. Girl, that is crazy. And you want to know what? I even I even know Jessica. Well, I haven't, like, met her. She's, like, my best friend that hasn't met me yet. <laughs> but, yeah, I've chatted with her a little bit after she sent this in, and um, I asked her where this house is. It's in Elkton. It's like 15 minutes from here. Something tells me you want to go look at it, but I'm going to have to say no. This is where we draw the line. Serena, like, uh, I'm going to... No. Maybe I can get... No. Maybe I can no. get Jeff to go. <laughs> is that a risk you're willing to take? <laughs> Do you want to lose Jeff to that basement? Uh, well, we're not going in there. Well, he I might mean, have nightmares. Oh, gosh. Yeah, he does He does have a lot of weird freaking dreams. <laughs> I... He has a wild life in his dreams. Like, he is a wild man in <laughs> well, his dreams. it makes sense. <clears throat> yeah, he's um, he's always off on some adventure. Like, he fights zombies and bears and shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> on the regular. Yeah, he's... I have... My dream is usually that I'm being chased by something. Like, people or something. I don't know. I'm always, like, running away. Or I'm always late for work. Like, those are my dreams. <laughs> I, I, like, and, like, you're never late for work. I'm that's, never late I know, for that's anything. So, that's so funny. And in it's my like, dream, I'm like, like, that's like your worst nightmare. Like. <laughs> With the holidays right around the corner, it's a good time to get your family pictures updated. Maybe it's just me, but I think the fall is the best time to take pictures. I might be partial, but my mom does amazing work. You can check it out on Facebook at Daisies and Dragonflies Photography. I know a lot of our listeners aren't in the area or able to book a session with her, but Daisies and Dragonflies will have its own website soon, and you'll be able to order some of her award-winning landscapes. High-quality, amazing images that depict the Midwest just perfectly. Once again, check her out on Facebook. That's Daisies and Dragonflies Photography. 
all my dreams, almost all of my dreams are like super anxiety inducing. Like I'll wake up and I'm like, oh my God. Like I used to have dreams that were like so vivid that I would wake up sobbing, like real tears, hyperventilating. Like yeah. yeah. I, and actually, Eric had to like shake me awake that one time and I was just shook. And I think it was a dream about my real dad because he passed away when I was 15. It, it wasn't like bad. It was just I missed him or something. Like yeah, it wasn't like it was sure. scary. It was just that. It was just emotional or something. Right. Like, so like when I do dream, it's very, they're very vivid and I feel emotions in, in my dream. So whether it's, you know, anxiety or sadness or grief or anger and anger is funny because, you know, you have when you're trying to like hit somebody or oh, something. Yeah. You, like my arms are made of spaghetti noodles. And yeah. Like I can't do, do sure. anything. And. Uh, that, that that frustrates me. me and then I wake up all pissed off I'm like oh that like, is what that's one of my dreams that will make me anxious is when I'm trying to physically like either defend myself or hit somebody else and I can't and then I wake up and I'm like oh my god I need to it just freaks me out that I can't control myself in my yeah, dreams I yeah. guess it, it's the weirdest thing I hardly ever have good dreams I hardly ever have nightmares but I tell you what, I'm I get chased about every night. <laughs> Have you ever looked at like lucid dreaming or or tried to, I've to do anything heard like of that? It. Um, I've never tried to do it because like I do have anxiety. Yeah. And yeah, the, I mean, I just everything I've heard about it sounds kind of terrifying. Yeah, I, and I can see that. I I'm more big on subconscious meanings of dreams. Like I have a dictionary basically a dream dictionary and I look up online a lot about you know if I remember something significant from one of my dreams that well at least significant to me such as mirrors or certain animals or colors or anything that really sticks out I look it up and almost everything that you dream about can be attributed to some kind of subconscious yeah. feeling or thought and more often than not I'll look I'll look these things up and they do ring true I mean maybe they're right. purposefully crafted that way crafted that way like it could be but um there's been particular times where I'm like wow that's insane that something so random can really ring true in your real life oh yeah yeah I <laughs> yeah and it's funny because like in my dreams there isn't a whole lot of like subconscious meaning it's quite literal see I don't think mine are like that like one time I had this dream and, and I still remember this because this is one that that actually made me cry the one time I was telling you about. And so I had this dream about my dad and somehow like my dad was a truck driver. So somehow he had drove his semi onto this dock, like a boat dock at a lake, like yeah. a very small not. dock. <laughs> like you're not. <laughs> There's a weight limit. Not right. For trucks. Yeah. Yeah, don't drive your semi-truck onto a boat dock. Yeah, and it had, like, a trailer and everything. And then finally, like, the whole thing just fell apart. I stood up in the water because it, was, it wasn't that deep. Like, the, the, like the truck was sticking oh, you're out. you in the oh, cab with him yeah. in your dream? Okay. Well, I was actually outside of, of the truck. At some point, we were both outside the truck. I don't know <laughs> how all that works for me in my dreams. But it's quite literal because... He turned to me and he said, oh, wow, that was a close one. 
And then he was gone. And I was so sad that he was gone. You know, gone again, I should say. Yeah. You know, you just kind of You like, had this dream after he passed away? After he passed away, okay. but it was also after I almost died. Oh, so, yeah. So when he said, wow, that was a close one. Oh, To me, sure. that, that's what that meant. Because, yeah, like, you were so I had close. Pal- I had pallor mortis. I was so yeah, close to dying. I remember you yeah. saying that last time, and you've told me that story that. Yeah, for That's anyone. insane. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, I had a ruptured ectopic pregnancy uh, in 2011, and um, apparently I was bleeding to death internally for three days while I cooked steaks at the, st- <laughs> at the local steakhouse. Um, not, feeling, not feeling great, but I'll tell you my own story. This is a story about how a three-year-old saved my life. So I hadn't been feeling good all day. I, actually, I hadn't been feeling good for about about three days. It was, you know, I just felt really, really tired, overly tired. I've always, I've always been an early bird. I've never really had an issue like sleeping in or whatever. Mm -hmm. So yeah, well, not only did I work at a, at a steakhouse in the evening, but I did daycare for my niece during the day and she got dropped off there early in the morning. My boyfriend at the time, Eric, he left for work and I laid on the couch and I, and I slept off and on for, you know, all day. And then finally I said, okay, I I have to, I have to get up because I got to go to work in a few hours. I need to like get some energy. I decided that I would go to the gas station and get like a Pepsi or, or whatever. Like I, I'm not a huge, just to like wake. Yeah. I'm not a huge pop drinker. Well, I should say I, I, I wasn't then I like drink, a ton of kickstarts now. Like <laughs> I'm like on the kickstarts for real. So I thought, okay, well, we'll go to the store. And I got my niece and I picked her up and I put her in the back seat and I kind of felt this. I kind it felt weird. It mm-hmm. not. It was kind of a pain, you know. And to be honest, I thought I had cramps. It wasn't like like a maybe like a tearing pain or it, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Looking back now. Yeah, that's probably, but I, I just yeah, actually, th- I literally thought it thought. was cramps. Yeah. So I'll just put that out there. Yes, my cramps get that bad. And yeah, it's, it's a, it's a thing. So I get to the store and I got a pop and I went to the counter to go pay. And I was trying to hand the cashier the money and they kept moving very far away from me. <laughs> I was unsure about what was going on. I'm like, this acid in this Pepsi or, (laughs) you know, it just, it was so, they were just moving far away. I was probably, I probably had that money in like Lindy's face. Here you go. Like, oh my goodness. And they asked, are you okay? And I was like, I don't know. And I got in the car and I no sooner got in the car that I started sweating profusely. By the time I got home, I decided I decided that a cold bath was a good idea because I mean, I was literally soaked when I undressed, threw my clothes on the on the floor. It sounded like I had just mopped up water mm-hmm. with it was a very uncomfortable situation. So I laid in a cold bath for about 10 minutes and I was not feeling good and I got up, went into the bedroom, and I kind of laid half on the bed, you know, with my legs still touching the floor. And I laid in front of the fan, wet, out of a cold bath. And I was still just sweating so bad. And 
it was about then that I knew something was wrong mm-hmm. because all I wanted to do was take a nap. I, I'm like, I maybe I should just like take a nap. And probably a really good thing that you didn't. Well, something something like screamed at me. No, you need to get Izzy home. So I once again get my niece out to the car. I get her in the car. And at this point, I am so weak and dizzy that I could feel myself like starting to pass out. Mm-hmm. I was I, I that was the point where I got really scared because I was like, oh, my God, I have a three year old. Yeah, and I, I, I was everything I could just to make it the two blocks, by the way, to to her house where her dad was. My sister was at work. Her dad was home. He worked nights. So mm-hmm. that's why I watched her during the day. I told my niece, I said, if TT falls asleep, I said, you need to go to your house and get your dad. And she goes, oh. Ote, Ote. And she's like, you going to be Ote? And I was like, yeah, I think so. And we, you know, we turned the corner and I parked on the wrong side of the street. And I told Izzy to go to the house. I said, just go up to the house, have your dad open the door. And at this point I had gotten out of the car and I practically crawled Mm -hmm. along the sidewalk to my sister's steps and the door was locked because, you know, he's sleeping. And it, it took every ounce of energy I had just to like... Yeah. On the door. He opened the door and he looked at me. He goes, oh, my God. He said I was gray. I was like gray, gray. Yeah. And he and he knew right away. And I he says, do you want me to call 911? And I said, oh, no, no, no. Just call my sister and tell her that I got to go to the hospital and she'll come. She'll bring me, you know, like I had this grand plan, like I was totally going (laughs) to avoid an ambulance bill, you know, and you weren't as close to death as you thought. It's all right. Yeah, it's it's all good. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I got in the house. And I kind of collapsed onto the couch. And I remember looking at my arm and I could see the sweat coming out of my pores. I could see it coming out. And not only that, but I could see my, my arm. It was like I could see drip, drip, drip. It was just sweat dripping off my arm onto the floor of my sister's house. So he called my sister's work, left a message, and then I decided that would be a good time to call the ambulance. Yeah. So I did tell him, I said, um, probably going to have to call 911. I don't know what's going on, but I don't know that I'm going to make it very far or something. And like, I, and I think my biggest fear, honestly, was that I was going to go to the hospital and they were going to tell me that there was nothing wrong with me. Yeah. Th- that is always my, my biggest fear. No, I fear. get that a hundred percent. Yeah. So. Cause I've been, been sick before and with, with what I think is just severe anxiety attacks because there's no really other explanation, but I've never gone to the hospital for it. But there have been times where I can, I swear I'm like near death. That's yeah. how it feels. So I, I totally like get what you're saying. I'm sure I haven't had it that bad. When you talk about how horrible you felt and that you were gray and sweaty, like I've been there and it's like, why they're going to get here and be like, you just need a Xanax, like yeah. calm down. Or like, yeah. Or they were just going to like show up and be like, Oh, you're fine. You know, like I like that. Yeah. You should just quit drinking. Yeah. Or yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, or something. Yeah. Like I had no, no idea what was wrong with me. So my sister got there at the same time as the ambulance. And I remember my sister trying to help me onto the stretcher because they, they didn't even lower the goddamn thing. They just Hmm. expected my crampy ass flip a leg. Yeah. Just like flip. Yeah. Like hardcore parkour. Like, yeah. 
yeah, no, it was like all tall, and I and I'm like, I can't get out of here. Like I'm just like I can't do the things. But I remember my sister trying to get me onto the stretcher. She's like pushing my ass onto <laughs> your sweaty ass. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Right. Like she's the real MVP. She usually is in most situations that involve her and I. So so yeah. So I get on the stretcher and they assess me as whoa <laughs> I'm pretty sure that, that that's what was said they're like uh whoa so this bitch did yeah <laughs> they're like well so they they asked where it hurt and I said well I have cramps <laughs> and they're like oh okay uh are you bleeding and I was like yeah cramps you know like yeah. Trying to, yeah, a little bit. Is, is that is that all? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't see any. I don't see any more blood anywhere else. Like, <laughs> I didn't know. Like, I was so out of it. Like, I of had course. no idea what they were trying, what they were implying. You know, right. they get me in the ambulance and they hook me up to the blood pressure thing. And this lady who's <laughs> She's feeling around for a pulse. And she's like, I remember her saying, hammer on it. She doesn't have a pulse. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was oh like, oh, gosh. no, am I dying? And she's like, I don't know how you're talking. She's like, but keep going. Keep keep talking. And I'm right. like, leave it to me to be like dead, no pulse, and then still be talking. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's just who I am as a person. And I get to the hospital. And they hook me up to another blood pressure thing. He says, oh, your blood pressure is 53. Just 53? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just the one number. Like, there was no other, there was oh no God. other information available. Just the one number. Oh, yeah. my Lord. My whole body was, like, aired out. It was like, no, no. And then they, like, cut my clothes off. And I'm like, my bra! And they're like. <laughs> Those are expensive. I know. And they're like, you'll you'll be okay. Like we we've got to figure out what the hell's going on with you. And I'm like, well, my bra, you know. So I was super <laughs> bummed about that. Bring in the ultrasound, and I was like, for what? Like I was. That's how out of it I was. I was like, for what? I was like, can you see other stuff with that? You can see lots of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, like yeah. I'm super dumb at this point, and they start, you know, doing their things, and the doctor says, "Oh, I see it." Uh, I see the I see the pregnancy and I was like what I, I like that's all that I formulate was what yeah so they were like oh yeah you need to have emergency surgery what religion are you and I said oh no 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 I said we're not doing that today <laughs> not today doc I said no we're not I said I'm not that lives damn it yeah I said I'm not telling you <laughs> because I knew them asking that question meant that they were gonna try to get clergy in there uh, yeah like it's just bad news yeah last rites type shit yeah. and I was like oh no 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 we're not doing that so I said no <laughs> and they were like are you sure like yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure we're not doing that today <laughs> like <laughs> we're not doing last rites I'm not dying let's do this and so oh also I should mention that me and my boyfriend only had one cell phone that we shared you had it I had it okay so I as they're trying to figure out what's wrong with me I am screaming to my sister 
call Dinger's phone! Like, because that's who my boyfriend worked with. And But I'm sure they thought I was a level higher crazy than I actually am. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure it just turned it up a notch okay, for them. crazy like, lady. Yeah, they're like, all well, right. Call Dinger or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, I'm like, tell him what's going on so Eric can come here. And yeah, so <laughs> eventually they're like, okay, time for you to go to surgery. And I was, okay. <laughs> and at this point, it had probably been a half an hour since I had showed up to my sister's house. It felt like hours. Of course. It felt like it was so... I still can't believe it was that long. Like, Yeah. And that's not a very long time, but... When you when you're almost one dead. blood pressure, <laughs> you just have yeah. the one, just the one, the number. one number and no yeah. pulse. Like that seems like a really long time. Yeah, they were they were working as fast as they could. Everything was just kind of in slow motion to me. Yeah. though. you know because they were For moving sure. they were moving far away. That's that's the only thing I got out of this near death experience. I didn't see a light. I didn't go to hell. I didn't get tortured by is kind of like tunnel vision. Like yeah, yeah. Like they just kept moving far away. Yeah. Yeah, it was really strange. Well, so <laughs> they bring me up to surgery and do the things. Apparently, yeah, they scooped coagulated blood out. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. They just like scooped it out, and, like oh, tossed it on the floor. That's... And like there was a lot. I had lost over half of my blood. Oh, my Lord. So, yeah, over half of my blood was just like sitting there. That's why I felt like I had cramps. Like, yeah. It just filling up with blood. And the reason why it got hard for me to breathe was because it had gotten so full that it was starting to push on my lungs. Like, that's how much Jesus. blood they had to, like, clean out. So I had a whole blood transfusion, but they didn't have time to warm the blood up. <laughs> so I had to be in, in one of those heater blanket oh, things. Yeah. Like, like the... We'll warm it up on the way in. Yeah. Funny, funny part, though, is that when when they were bringing me out of surgery, I they intubated me for the surgery. Mm -hmm. I woke up as they were pulling that like tube out of my throat. Ugh. And I was like, they were like, oh, 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 you're not supposed to be awake yet. They're like, you're supposed to still be sleeping. And I'm like, I need ice chips. <laughs> I need ice chips. Like, I kept, like, trying to tell them, and they're like, oh, no, 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 you can't. Like, you just had, no, like, you, you're you not even supposed to be awake. How are you awake? It, like, so I walk in there dead and talking, or I didn't walk, but I mean, like, <laughs> I show up there dead and talking, and then I wake up, like, like hours before I was supposed to <laughs> come out of the anesthesia, and they're like... I'm like, I just have a really high tolerance. <laughs> I didn't know what else to say, but I needed ice chips really bad because like when they pull that out of your throat, like it's like it, it like sticks together or something like it's very uncomfortable. It is like I needed, I needed some ice chips and they yeah. were not having it. Yeah. So then they brought me to the recovery room and my family came in and um, I argued with my mom for a little bit just to reassure her that I will be fine. <laughs> you know, that's that's the first thing we did was had a real argument about whether or not I've ever had stitches. And I have not ever had stitches, mom. I've only had staples because, yeah, that's how they closed me up was with staples. <laughs> and I would and I'd had staples before in the back of my head when I was younger. I cracked my head open. Jeez. Yeah. So I don't. I'm not I, surprised. Yeah. I've never had I've never had stitches. I've only had staples. And my mom Hardcore. was like. Yeah, my mom was like, you had stitches on your head. And I was like, those are staples. <laughs> I remember. 
Yeah, it was like this whole yeah, and and Eric's like, okay, like everyone needs to get out of here. Like she's got to rest. And yeah, I was so cold. And yeah, but I mean, I made a I made a full recovery, and here I am. Definitely horrifying. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, but a good story. Yeah, definitely a good story, and. That's how a three-year-old saved my life. You're going to hold that against her her whole life, huh? Oh, no, no. She, well, no. she should hold it against you. Yeah, yeah. She Probably the other way around. She's like, going to be like, oh, Remember my that God. time that you made me a whole-ass responsible adult at three years old? <laughs> <laughs> remember? Do you think she remembers? She does remember. Okay. She does. She does remember that. After I started healing up, I... Yeah, like, I had this, like, new lease on life. I was, I was about that life. But yeah, so, all right. I think that's our Prairie Tales episode for today. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and like and subscribe. Rate five stars. Yeah, five stars would be super duper. We hope you have a good week. Bye. Bye.